You know, it's, uh, it is great to see all of you here this morning. This is kind of becoming my, my regular spot in the service where I uh, welcome and acknowledge our football team. And uh, we've got a few guys who play for the football team. And uh, I know as competitors and athletes that yesterday was tough to, to come all that way and not win. But uh, we are so super proud of you as a team. And uh, let's give these guys a round of applause here for... Any season like you guys have had would be an incredible season, but I think every one of you deep down knows that having that place in the semi-final is what kept many residents this week in Washington. Just, there was just some hope. There was just something that we were excited about and inspired about. And even though you didn't win, it, was still, it just carried us through this last week. It was a great week. And, uh, and I got some good news this morning. I spoke to the, the people at Lifetime Television Movies, and when they make the movie about this season, you actually win the game. It's really good. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and then... <laughs> Then you win the championship, and actually, Casey, you become the president of the United States of America. It's, it's, it's going to be such a great movie. I can't wait for that to come out. So. <laughs> so, three months ago, Connect Church, we were for a, uh, since the beginning of the year, since January, we've been preparing to launch here. And about three months ago, we were sat as leaders preparing to um, release a marketing campaign as the community. Our heart as a church was to reach people that weren't currently attending church. We knew there were still many families in Washington that weren't attending church. Maybe they grew up in church and just have stopped going, or maybe they'd never been to church. So we knew to reach them, we couldn't just speak to our own uh, church friends. So one of the ideas we had was to um, design some flyers, that we were some, some mailing cards that we would send out. And if you have a 61571 zip code, then you would have got three different cards over a couple of weeks. And um, never did we think that this phrase that we used for our marketing campaign would be so profound because uh, today I want to take you back just a couple of months to when we sent those cards out because our, our phrase leading up to launch was, was this right here. This could change your life forever. And I think right now we could probably all say that our lives this week have been changed forever. How amazing is that? I can actually remember because we, had, we, we knew we were going to send out three cards and we knew that two of them were already set. We had one that was a, um, uh, a pregnancy test. And we wanted, to, you know, we wanted to try and appeal to, to people outside of the church. So you know, we wanted them to think, oh yeah, that, that would change my life forever. And we talked about here at Connect Church, we love kids. So don't worry, <laughs> you can bring them along. Then, um, actually, if Justin's out there, can you, I left the handheld backstage here. Can you grab that? I'm going to use that because this is a bit crackly. The second one we did was um, of the lottery. And we said, you know, we know that if you were to win the lottery, that would change your life forever. But you know what? Here at Connect Church, we love you just the way you are. You don't need to be rich or poor. You'll be welcomed any way you can. So we were kind of using this phrase um, to try and draw people in and to say, actually, truthfully, we believe that Jesus can ultimately change your life forever. That's what we like to tell you, is that Jesus can change your life forever. So we were sat there trying to come up with our third card. And um, the idea that we 
came up with was um, a football game. You know, how the last few minutes of the game, you know, these could change your lives forever. And I can remember Casey and I, we were sat at dinner with Chris and Kathy, some friends of ours, leaders here in the church. And um, this was the idea we came up with. We were racking our brains. What's, what's something that would change your life forever? And that was the idea we came up with was, man, imagine like a football game and it was like the last minute interception or, or a, a thing that changes the course of the game. And then on the back, we kind of uh, played around with it a little bit and said, hey, if you come to Connect Church, we promise we'll get you out in time for the game. So we were trying to reach people, you know, who maybe wouldn't come to church. And we were trying to stop any argument that would stop them coming. So our, our football theme was like, hey, come along and still get home in time to watch the game. But as we were sitting there, I remember sitting in this restaurant, racking our brains, trying to think of something in life that would change your life forever. And we, football was what we came up with. But now, obviously, you know, maybe a picture of a tornado We never even dreamed that that would be something that would go on the front of a car. But here in Washington, Illinois, that literally has changed every family forever. Because whether you were affected completely by it or unaffected, every single person in that community has been affected by this. Either a friend or a family member or a neighbor or yourselves personally. So I've thought really long and hard about what I should speak about all this last week. And I've got to be honest, I say I've thought long and hard about it in the free time that I've had in this last week. So basically, this sermon was prepared in the shower uh, several mornings each week. And uh, this is what you're going to get. But um, I was praying and saying, God, you know, we're going to be here Sunday. What, as the pastor of a church, what do I say following a week like we've had? What, what do I, there are so many routes I could go. We could talk about the, the huge subjects, the theological subject, why would God allow this to happen? We could talk about the miracle of such a small amount of loss of life. It really is a miracle when you see that the the toll was so low. But let's be honest, and, and I think all of us here would agree that even though it was just one person to one family, that was still one too many. And we pray continually for that family who lost a, um, a husband and a father. Maybe it's a sermon on what should I pray about moving forward? How do I get on from here? But as I was really just praying throughout the week and interacting with people in the community, this is where I landed. And um, some of you are going to know this story. It's a story that Jesus told. And, you know, Jesus, he loved to tell stories. When you read of him and, and what he did while he was on earth, he just loved to tell stories. And the reason I think he loved to tell stories is because he knew that, you know, I could teach a Bible verse, or I could teach something that they have to memorize. But if I tell them a story, they'll remember that story. So Jesus would tell these stories, and there would be really deep meaning, really great truths in the stories he told. And I think he knew as well that we like to hear stories, and we like to tell stories. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I bet you've probably told and heard more stories over this last week than the last year combined. There's a lot of stories being told of what's happened in individuals' lives. And when Jesus told these stories, they had meaning. And this particular story was about two guys, a wise man and a foolish man, and about houses that they built. And I want to read that story this morning and just talk a little bit about it and how it applies to our situation here in Washington this morning. So in Matthew chapter 7... And this is the end of a, a period of teaching that Jesus is, is going through called the Sermon. Hey, called the Sermon. <laughs> he loves stories as well. <laughs> the Sermon on the Mount. 
And he finishes off all these, this, this teaching he's been giving the people. And he says in this story, he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. They're like a person who builds a house upon solid rock. Though the rain comes in and torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. He's like a person who builds his house upon sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, I realize in reading this story that, that Jesus shared with the crowds, there's a, there's a little bit of a problem with this. Because last weekend, when our wind blew, all the houses fell down, no matter what the foundation was like. So I, I'm not using a parallel here of the, the houses. Now, you see, this story is, is not so much about storms, although Jesus does acknowledge that they will come. This is a story that Jesus is teaching all about foundations. He's talking here about foundations. He's telling us that there's, there's one house that had a really strong foundation. And he's saying there's one that, that didn't. Do you know a, a story I heard this week out in the community speaking to people? I, I spoke to one guy and, you know, right, we, Casey and I, we live on, um, just off Kingsbury here. So we're right by the La Hood Park. So we are right literally on the edge of this. So, so we can just walk into these areas. So we talk to our neighbors and we've talked to our friends. And I talked to one guy and... I said, you know, the saddest thing is that this has happened as we go into winter. You know, it's going to be months before they can start rebuilding. And this guy told me, and I believe this to be true, he said, actually, it, that's not necessarily true. You see, in the building industry, when you build, the, 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 the thing that winter stops is the digging of foundations. And actually, many of these houses, although they were destroyed, the foundations are actually still strong. So many of them they will still be able to build upon because the foundation is there and the foundation is strong. In fact, I think that's the reason many lives were saved is because people were in the basements of a house with a very strong foundation. So as I learned that, I was thinking, Jesus, you, you really understood here the importance of a foundation of any structure. And he's talking here not necessarily about houses but about foundations. And what he's saying here is that the foundation is the most important part of the home. And he's using it to, to challenge us and saying, where is your foundation in your life? Not in your home, but in your life, where is your foundation? And I think there are two things that I want to just um, share this morning over this particular story. The first one, I would, it was a question. I would ask, what is your foundation built upon? In your life, what have you put your trust in? Is it your career, your health? your finances, your home. Because we've all learned this week that any of these can, can, can go. That's the most amazing lesson I think we've learned this week is that just in 30 seconds, it's gone. Now, Jesus is saying, if you listen to my teaching and if you follow it, and this teaching that he's talking about is, is just basically what it means for us to build our lives upon him and upon what he teaches. You know, I thought it was rather um, interesting. The last few weeks here at Connect Church, if you're visiting, we've been doing a, a series. We've been teaching on the Lord's Prayer. And when Jesus says, if you follow my teaching, one of the things he's talking about is this, how he taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. And I've got to be honest, in the midst of all the tragedy of this week, I did smile a little when, having just spoken that morning on the Lord's Prayer, that last Sunday night, I found a video on Facebook of someone living here in Washington who'd videoed it from his basement. 
And uh, as he was videoing, as soon as he saw it, he just started praying. And you may have seen that. He started, he started out with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then he went to several others. Hail Mary, Mother. And, and he just, every, I think every prayer he'd ever memorized, one after another, he just worked his way through all of them. But I was like, That's, I was teaching on that this morning. And he actually memorized it better than I did. He got it all right. He got it, I actually got it wrong a couple of weeks ago when I was praying it. So he did well. But Jesus is saying, listen, if you build, I want you to build your life on what I've been teaching. I want you to build your life on me. Basically, he's saying, I want a personal relationship with you. Justin did such a great job of explaining what that looks like earlier. He said, it's just us holding hands with Father God. Saying, God, I need you in my life. So the first part of what Jesus is talking about in this story is that he's wanting us to build a foundation upon him. He's wanting us to say, God, I want you in my life. I want my life to be built upon the foundation of knowing who you are and having you lead my life. But here's the second thing about this particular story. The second thing I think Jesus wants us to learn is whether you're a Christ follower or not, storms will come. I've got to be honest here this morning. When I hear Jesus teach this as a Christ follower, I want to read it differently. I want it to say, you know, if you build your life on solid ground, on a good foundation, if you build your life on me, Jesus, then when bad things happen, they won't happen to you. They'll only happen to people who haven't built their life on Jesus. But that's not the way this story reads. Now, when you read this story, there were two houses and both were hit by the same storm. The only difference between the two is that one had a solid foundation because he'd built his life, his life, he'd built his house upon the solid foundation. And I think we've discovered this week that when real storms come through, like the one we saw last Sunday, it doesn't matter who you are. I've spoken with people who have lost a rented apartment, and I've spoken with people who have lost half a million dollar homes. I've spoken with people who are single, young adults, and I've spoken with families with, with multiple children. I've spoken with people who, who followed Jesus for many, many years and others that don't even believe in him. But that storm came through and hit every single one of them. And the reality is that in our lives, whether you're a Christ follower or not, these storms will come, whatever they may be. And Jesus says that um, the difference between the two isn't that one suffered a storm and one didn't. The difference between the two is that the storm, although it hit the guy who was, who was built upon the rock, it didn't affect his relationship with Jesus. It didn't affect because he, his house was built on a solid foundation. This is one thing that no storm can ever destroy. That foundation of Jesus Christ. A life built upon him, I believe, will make it through whatever storms life sends our way. We sang it in that song, and I believe it to be true. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. In the story, the wise man's house didn't fall down. But the wise man's house was his faith in God, and no amount of bad weather could take that away from him, because his foundation was God himself. And as I was praying about this morning on what I should talk about, I just really kept coming back to this and, and asking you that question because I think a lot of us have asked that question this week. Where is our foundation? 
Do we have our foundation built upon that solid rock? So I, uh, I got a great friend here in one of the coaches of the football team. He's an awesome guy, and, and he loves Jesus, and he loves the players. And I know he's been so proud of them. And he messaged me earlier this week. In fact, it was the night before the game, and he, he said this. I asked if I could read this, and he gave me permission. He said, Dave, please pray for the boys. I am praying fiercely that this experience brings the boys to know Jesus. Before the biggest game of my career, that's all I'm thinking about. And I've got to be honest, when I read that, the pastor's heart inside of me just really connected because that's what I'm praying through all of this. God, let this be something that would, would allow people to come to know you through this experience. God, let people find you in the midst of the, the darkness and the despair. Let people find that you are there, that you care for them, that you love them. I've got to be honest for you, with you, it's, it, it's been incredibly overwhelming for me as a pastor this week. I, I, you know, first day we jumped into me and Alicia and some of the leaders here, we just jumped into like rescue mode. And as a church, we were setting up stations in my garage and we were sending people out and we were, you know, we were doing whatever we could because as the church we wanted to, but the, as each day went on, it, the task got bigger and bigger. And, and I was sharing with another friend of mine, another pastor here in town, there's a, there's a verse in the uh, New Testament talking about Jesus that he came into Jerusalem one day and as he looked out over Jerusalem, it says he wept. He cried. And here's why I believe Jesus cried. I believe Jesus was the shepherd. The Bible says that a pastor is a shepherd. And he was the shepherd looking out over his sheep in Jerusalem and he knew their pain. He knew the, the sadness. He knew all the difficulties they were facing. And the, I just think he was overwhelmed. And this, this week, that's how I felt. I just looked at this community. And as a pastor, I just, I, my heart broke because the need was so great. But I'm so thankful this morning that you guys and Washington, it doesn't rely on me. Our God is a big, big God. And I really believe that he is there for every one of us. And no matter what the storms bring, no matter what life brings our way, he is a solid foundation. And if your life is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, nothing that life can bring your way will shake that. He will keep you strong. He will keep you grounded. Even if everything around you falls, he will keep you strong and keep you safe. And my prayer as a pastor, just like Coach Roberts this morning, is... I just want people to know Jesus through this. I, that prayer hasn't changed. Last Sunday, before the tornado came, that was my prayer, that people would know Jesus. The Sunday before, that people would know Jesus. Because like Justin shared, he's a, he's a loving Father God who just wants to feel your hand holding his hand. So I want to pray here just for a second, and then I want to finish off with just a couple more thoughts. But here's why I want to pray, because I think some of you this, this week, this has probably stirred some, some thoughts up. And I think when things like this happen, it causes us to look at our lives and the, the frailty of our lives and the, you know, the, the temporariness, that's a terrible word, but the temporalness of our lives and ask questions. And I believe God is the answer. So, Father, let's just bow our heads right now. We're going to pray together. Father, I pray for everyone here. Lord, I believe that 
a literal storm came through last week and knocked down houses, and we've learned that the foundation, Lord, is what um, kept some of those homes from um, being destroyed completely, Lord, and people safe because of that great foundation. Lord, I think there's a lesson there that we can learn, that there's a foundation that we can build upon you that will keep us strong during the storms of life. So I pray if there is anyone here this morning that has never made that decision to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of your life. Lord, I pray that they would make that decision today before they leave. In your name, amen. You know, I want you to do something for me before you leave this morning, and that's on your connection cards. There's a spot where you can actually check a box. And if if you want to do that, because I'd love to follow up with you, I'd love to explain more about what it means to be a Christ follower. So if that's you, I'd love you to, to check that box this morning before you leave, and you can drop that card off out there. But right before we wrap up, I just want to share, because I've been praying a lot, God, what do I say? How do I, as the pastor, how do I um, bring counsel and biblical wisdom and advice? And I just came up with a few ideas that I want to just throw out to every one of you, because we're all in this together. The first is just the area of just the emotional toll of what we're going through. I know this has affected every one of us in different ways emotionally. So the, the first bit of advice I can give to you is just cry. Don't be afraid to cry. Some of us are trying to be strong. and stuff, But, you know, crying can be very therapeutic. A lady stopped by our house this week and her house had been partially destroyed and she was trying to get all of her belongings out. And she stopped by and said, can, do you have any extra boxes? I'm like, absolutely. So I went to grab boxes. We put them in her car. I said, do you have enough help? Because I'd love to send help. She goes, no, no, we're good. We're good. And um, she goes, I'll be honest with you, I, I find it hard asking for help. You know, I just, I just want to get this done, you know, and I don't really want to ask for help. And so I said, okay. I said, hold on, I've got one more thing. And I ran back in the house. And different people have donated many different things. But a lot of people have donated gift cards. So I grabbed one of those gift cards and I came back and she was in the car with us, a little girl in the front and her son in the back. And I said, before you go, I said, I just want to give you this. I'm the pastor of the church here and a lot of people have blessed us to bless people in the community. And would you just take this gift card? She's like, no, no, no. I said, please take the gift card. As I gave it to her, she just started to cry. And then I started to cry. And then her kids were like, Mommy, what is it? What is it? She goes, I told my kids I wouldn't cry in front of them. Or I told myself I wouldn't cry. And I said, I'm sorry for making you cry. But she just, she was trying to be, but sometimes we just need to, it's okay to have a moment and to cry. And that's going to come in waves. You may think you've, you've cried this week and you're through it. And there'll be another thing that will just bring that out in you. And that's okay. And I believe God is just as much with you in the tears as the good times. And some of you, you're brilliant because our emotions are, are what get us through things like this. Some of us, it's not the crying that helps, it's the laughing. Some of us just have to find some humor in the situation. <laughs> I was clearing out a house this week, and when I was done, I looked across the street, and this was the picture I saw in front of their home. <laughs> 416 Gilman. That was on Wednesday. It was at 3 o'clock, so I was disappointed because the garage sale was over, but uh, it looks like they did quite well. When I announced that we had church on Sunday, we got a great family here, the Hillmans. They lost their home, and we've been praying for you guys this week. And Drew, he emailed me back and he's like, hey, I heard you're in church. If you want to have it at my house, you can. We've got plenty of room now. And uh, he says, we could get the whole church in there. (laughs) 
And sometimes we've got to just find humor and laugh just to get through this. But that's okay. Let's not try and bottle up our emotions. Let's allow God to work through our emotions. Sometimes tears, sometimes laughter. But that's what's going to get us through these next few weeks and months. That's the emotional idea that I was thinking through. Then there's a spiritual element to what we're going to go through. I've prayed with more families this week than I think I've prayed all year long. Every family that I've been in contact with, as I've been working with them or helping them, whatever it is, before we've left, I said, can I pray with you? Do you know what? Surprisingly, I've not had one family say no yet. Now, I try and make sure that I also have some gift cards or something in my pocket. I don't want to walk up to someone, pray and say, okay, good luck with that. (laughs) We want to provide help and support and meet needs. But you know what? Some people, they, they just need someone to pray with them. I met a lady this week. I prayed with her. After she says, you know what? Thanks for praying. She goes, up till just now, I was pretty angry with that guy. (laughs) But you came and you helped and you prayed with me and I'm still angry. (laughs) But that's helped a little bit. And people are willing. So this may be an opportunity if you're a Christ follower here and you're helping someone, don't be afraid to say, could I just pray? I've had leaders, friends of mine and pastors who have seen me out about and they've pulled me aside and they've prayed for me and I needed it. We all need prayer to get us through what we're going through. And then finally, let me just give you a couple of bits of practical advice here. And then we will wrap up and go and have lunch. The first, okay, accept help. Don't be afraid to accept help. Some some of us, we love blessing others, but when it comes to ourselves being blessed, we have a really hard time with that. But... It's what will get you through. Those people coming alongside you and helping and and giving you a gift card or or giving you a a, a toy for your kids, something like that. It's it's going to be really difficult to accept some of that. It's humbling to accept that. But people want to bless you. And um, some of you need to ask for help. Say, hey, Pastor, could you maybe find a few people to come? I've got to unpack a trailer into this storage facility. We have so many people that are dying to help. So please don't be afraid to ask. Casey and I, a few years back, three or four years ago, we had a fire in our home here in Washington and we had to move out for three months and they had to do it. It didn't burn the house down, but we lost a lot of stuff and they had to remodel. And it was really tough for us because people kept wanting to come and help us. But what we learned through that experience is that insurance did replace all our stuff. (laughs) But those people who would stop and see us at a gas station and just put a $20 bill in my hands... Or someone who would just say, hey, here's a gift card to Steak and Shake. Just, I know you're living in a hotel right now. Go out as a family and have a meal together. That, that did things that the insurance checks would never do. So let's learn to accept help. And then those of us who have the ability to, let's learn to, to bless others and help others. And then the last thing I want to tell you, and this is something I love to do anyway, and that's tell stories. You know, some of you are fantastic. You're out there and you're like machines. They don't need a skidster because they got you. You're like picking up piles of rubble and carrying it to the curb. And you're like Iron Man out there, you know, moving all this stuff. And you're, you're getting it all out there. And then you're moving on to the next house. And that's brilliant. But don't work so hard out there that you don't take a moment just to stop and, and chat with that home. And I don't spend all day talking to them. They've got stuff to do, obviously. But, you know, there could be a moment just to connect with that person and say, hey, what happens? And they'll tell you the story. And do you know what? I actually believe here as a, as a Christ follower myself this morning that God is a part of everyone's stories, even those that don't yet know him. 
And you'll find a, a way as you're talking to that person to, to maybe share what God's done in your life. Maybe you can pray with them, but you'll never know unless you hear their story. And I think stories are going to help us through these next few weeks and months as we share stories with one another and lean on one another. So here's how I want to close this morning. You know, I'm so thankful that the DNA of Connect Church has always been to impact our community. Back in May, we were volunteering at the Cherry Festival. I remember on Mother's Day, we sent a check to um, a, a home here in town that looks after single mums and we wanted to bless them. Just a few weeks ago, we were manning water stations at a, a charity race here in town for a local family. And I want to tell you, nothing at Connect Church has changed. That is still our heart. It's just now the need here in this community just got a whole lot bigger. So we're going to do all that we can and I'm feeling this especially once all the TV crews and the Red Cross, once they all go and it's just us on Washington left, I believe that's where Connect Church and other great churches in our community will continue on to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the families that were here. We commit to praying for you as families. We commit to helping you. We commit to being the church to all of you. And we love you guys, and uh, we are going to see Washington community rise strong once again. I believe that. Can we pray? Father, thanks that being in this room, just doing something normal, being in a church service for many families here has given them the opportunity just to, just to do something routine. For some, just coming to church this morning and eating a donut and sitting here has been the best part of the last few days because it's just felt normal. Because, God, this last week has been the most unabnormal week of our lives. And the truth is, God, that in a few hours we're going to be right back into that. But, God, I want to thank you that just as we've come in here and met with you this morning, you don't stay here when we leave. You're with us every step of the way. There are some here this morning that have made a decision to follow you, and they felt you, Lord. They've experienced you, Lord, throughout this week. But there are others here this morning, as they've heard me sharing this, have thought, I want what they've got. I want. And, Lord, if there are some here this morning, I know you love them. I know you want to be like that father holding their hands. Lord, don't let them leave this morning without asking you to be the Lord of their lives. And now, Lord, be with us as we have lunch together. I pray you'd bless the food to our bodies. We thank you for it and those that have prepared it. I pray we'll get to just sit and chat with one another and just enjoy some time together as a Connect Church family. And then this afternoon when we go home and we put our gloves and masks and ski hats back on, Lord, and we get back out there, I pray you'd help us just come together as a community to do all that it takes to, to rebuild and to meet the needs of those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.